You're listening to an episode of the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 114th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you liked today's episode, be sure to leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at Olver International. Today, I'm excited to change topics from education to mental freedom, my proprietary process to help people achieve mental freedom in their lives. Today, I welcome my friend and colleague, Sylvester Baugh, to talk about his transplant journey and how mental freedom helped. Sylvester is the owner of Baugh Training and Consulting in Chicago, Illinois. For over 35 years, he's dedicated his life to serving others. He's an author, speaker, and coach. His areas of focus are diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, as well as personal and professional relationships. He's a father of two females and a grandfather of three beautiful little girls. Welcome, Sylvester, and thank you so much for joining us today to talk about your transplant journey and mental freedom. You are very welcome. I'm honored to be here. And it's good to speak to you and see you again. Well, thank you. Can you tell the audience what mental freedom means to you? It would be easy to say that mental freedom means to me mental freedom. But it's not only a mental freedom, it's an emotional freedom. It's almost to the degree of a physical freedom. Knowing and understanding mental freedom helps me to better manage life and life situations. How has it impacted your life? Of course, the greatest impact that it's had in my life was my journey during my five years of being on dialysis with chronic kidney disease. Having mental freedom in my life was really beneficial because I understood the power of free will, the power of choice that I actually had during that period of time in my life. You said you had a five-year journey and something happened. And I know that some of my social media followers have been following your progress because I write about it on social media. In fact, just last week, I wrote a blog about your one-year anniversary. Do you want to talk about how that went, even the story about how you were doing dialysis at home, which is a whole nother journey a lot of people don't even know about because they go to clinics to do their dialysis and how you were doing that every day at home. And then how did your journey end? And what are all the obstacles that you had to overcome during that five years? It is quite a story. I'll try to give a bit of background to the story. Having to be diagnosed with chronic kidney disease was very devastating for me because in that moment, I really felt like, wow, does this mean that my life is over? I didn't understand all the ins and outs to chronic kidney disease and the treatment of dialysis, but I was very afraid felt like I really didn't have a lot of control. And so I did a lot of things, made a lot of mistakes, encountered a lot of problems. But while on dialysis, a few things happened to me in my life. And one of them was while on dialysis, I went through divorce. That was very challenging for me. 
I also had uh, not one but two bouts with prostate cancer. You talk about challenging your mental state. That did. I had one, then two grandchildren to be born. And I think in that instance is really when I started grasping the whole idea and understanding of mental freedom and actually started to implement it in my life. Felt like I was sinking in life. I found inspiration in my grandchildren. They gave me a will and a desire to live and fight. Because I had cancer once and then twice, I was removed from the transplant list. And I was not even qualified to receive a kidney transplant from an outside donor or a donor of my choice. I was just totally ineligible for about two, two and a half years. Because of mental freedom, I never lost hope. I never felt like I was not going to be well. I was not going to get healed. I had to endure for two more years on dialysis. One day on a Sunday evening in March of 2021, I got a call and the hospital said, we're going to meet and consider putting you back on the list. And I said, "Okay." They called me a little bit later and said, "Okay, we are putting you back on the list. And I didn't get too excited because being on a transplant list can take months, even years. And so I didn't get too excited, even though I had gone through two procedures to have my cancer removed from my body. I didn't get too excited about the possibility of transplant. And then March 17th of 2021, at seven o'clock in the morning, I got another call from the hospital saying, we think we found a kidney for you. That evening, about seven o'clock, I was taken to the hospital and I was allowed to receive a kidney. So from March 14th, when I was not even on the list until March 17th, I was the recipient of a kidney, which actually happened on March 18th. I believe all of that occurred because of my understanding of the principles of mental freedom and knowing that although things had occurred in my life, the pandemic has occurred in everybody's life, chronic kidney disease, the cancer, these things occurred in my life. But I had all the power of how I was going to manage dealing with these things. Mental freedom was my anchor in that. I never gave up hope. I never adopted feelings of frustration, anger, or doubt. I just held on to my faith and the freedom of choice and did things that I believed would uplift me and would lead me to victory over chronic kidney disease. And it did. And you got your transplant one year ago last month. March 18th was your transplant date. So you just celebrated one year. Kidney anniversary, yeah. you called it. That's yes. pretty awesome. Yeah, I did. And in that time, hearing from people that were close to me, like yourself, people that loved me, friends and family, it dawned on me that people saw things differently than I did because you guys could see me physically transforming right before your eyes. But for me, I saw it from a different mindset. And I really believe that being anchored in mental freedom helped me to do that. And in allowing me to do that, 
I maintained a level of strength and belief that other people didn't necessarily have, but I was able to do it. And it brought me through to this first year anniversary of my kidney transplant. And so myself and Kid Kidney, as I affectionately call my new friend, we celebrated the weekend of the 18th of March, and it was great. That's terrific. And the other thing that I find so remarkable, I've known you for Gosh, I don't even know. It's probably been 25 years now. The thing that was so remarkable is that you struggled with two other medical issues prior to your transplant, and they don't even exist anymore. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, that's a miracle to me. (laughs) I wish I could say it's not a miracle to me because it's a miracle to me as well. I struggled for since I was 23, 24 years old. I am now 60 years old and I struggle with gout, a severe form of arthritis that is extremely painful. I've struggled with that since I was in my mid-20s, along with chronic hypertension. I've had chronic hypertension probably since my teen years and gout since my early 20s. And these were things that I dealt with during the time in my life when I was exercising mental freedom, but it was the wrong way. (laughs) It was was in the wrong way. Self-destructive mental freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made decisions that only work against me as it relates to those two health issues that I was dealing with. Since my transplant, blood pressure is regulated, no signs of gout. I can't tell you what happened, but I know that it happened. Do the Um, doctors know anything about that? Is that a common thing to occur? I've talked to my doctor and the hypertension, it is kind of common to some degree that when a person with chronic kidney disease receives a kidney, there is impact on the blood pressure levels. I don't know if it's as great as the impact that I've had. Because when I was going through my journey and in the hospital and prior to chronic kidney disease, I had a series of seizures. My blood pressures were in the mid 100 and mid 200. One nurse said I should have checked out of here. Wow. Because when I was dealing with high blood pressure readings during that season, they were high. They were extremely high. But I've been told that a new kidney can change that. I get up and check my blood pressure pretty much every morning, and I'm still amazed when I see readings like 110 over 70-something. I think something's got to be wrong. I've never seen numbers like that. It's perfect blood pressure. That's terrific. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's been awesome since I've got the transplant, but I really believe that my mindset was very key and instrumental. Because I've seen people and I know currently know people that are having real challenges with dealing with dialysis. I'm using mental freedom as a way to encourage them, but it's not as easy as it was for me, but it does help them. It does help them, but they still struggle a little bit. Sure. Mental freedom is a little like a lifestyle. It's something that you learn and you understand the concepts, but then until you really start living those concepts and incorporating that into your life and having that be your go-to thoughts, that's when you really start to see the benefits of it. Yes, absolutely. I think that's where, for me, it was a great benefit. And for others, it's a struggle to get there. They have an understanding of it, but a personal implementation of it 
that's a whole different ball game. Right. I know that you're helping people with mental freedom that are on dialysis. I know you also have some groups that you're working with, men's groups. And I think you told me that you've incorporated some mental freedom into that as well. I'm just curious, what is it that you enjoy so much about working with others? Because it seems like you do this work and I know you and I know you would do it for free. In fact, I know sometimes you do do it for free. (laughs) So what is it that fills you up about doing that kind of work? As you mentioned, Kim, it is a lifestyle. It's one that has greatly impacted my life. And so when I see particularly men, which I work with regularly now, when I see men struggling in the areas of health, relationships, mental and emotional challenges, mental freedom comes naturally to me. And so I've developed a couple of groups, one's entitled Legacy Living, helping men to understand their purpose in life, what it is that they were meant to do. And I also have a group called Temple Talk, where we discuss men's health, mental, spiritual, and emotional issues. On both of those platforms, I regularly talk about mental freedom and accessing and understanding mental freedom as a way to manage yourself in all of those areas. It's exciting to me because I see some transformation. I see interest. I see men embracing it. I get to see some of the results of those conversations. That keeps me going, and it's exciting for me. That's great. We're coming to an end of our time. I'm wondering if you have anything you might like to add that we haven't already talked about. The one thing I do want to talk about is in my journey of chronic kidney disease to a transplant, I was prompted to write a book, and I've written a book entitled Victory in the Wake, my journey to unwavering faith. That book will be out soon in the next few months. And I'm excited about it because again, it's an illustration of the mental freedom process in life. And it chronicles my personal journey from mistakes and doubts and fears to understanding mental freedom, internal power, and making decisions that ultimately led to me receiving a kidney transplant. I'm excited about that as well. Terrific. Do you have anything coming up, Sylvester, that you'd like to tell our audience about? I know you have the book. What if somebody wanted to get involved in your legacy living program? Is that something that people can get involved in? Is it online or is it in person? Right now I'm doing it online and looking to do them in person, but people can reach me via email and find out more about exactly how I'm doing that. And they can reach me at Sealball, S-Y-L-B-A-U-G-H at gmail.com. I can explain to them Legacy Living as well as Temple Talk and give them directions as to how they can access the groups and the information offered in the groups. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for being willing to talk to us and share your very personal journey with us. The audience probably enjoyed hearing from someone who's walked a path that not many of us get to walk. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. I hope you join me next week when I'll be speaking with Tony Kitchens about his application of mental freedom with probationers and parolees in his community integration program. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. 
This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.